welcome. Legally Brief presents Changing Our Institutions. I'm your host, Judy Saunders. I'm a lawyer who works with private and public companies, educational institutions, and sports organizations to identify root causes, confront historic failures, and boldly implement change to our institutions. This podcast is for corporate change agents, disruptors, and mindset mavericks who are committed to making our institutions work better for themselves and the next generation. I want to remind you that while I hope you enjoy every episode in the series that we're doing on changing our institutions, the content of this programming is not a substitute for speaking directly with an attorney who understands your unique circumstances. If you're looking for past episodes or information, please head on over to my website. There you'll find information and you can sign up for newsletters and you can learn more about me and my practice. I'm glad you're here. Let's get ready and let's talk and make some changes. On this episode, I'm having a conversation with mother, speaker, and co-founder of the DontShockMe.org Foundation, Don Masabni. In our conversation, you're going to learn about her daughter, Madeline, who on May 30th, 2017, died suddenly and tragically from toxic shock syndrome associated with the use of tampons. Now, this is a topic and a subject that I knew little about, but it's a subject and it's a diagnosis that can affect any of us. If you have a sister, a mother, a daughter, a woman that you love or care about, you have to hear this conversation. And at the end of this, I promise you, you'll want to not only educate yourself, you'll want to take action. The conversation, disclaimer, is heavy, but it's necessary. We cut it into two parts. Part one will air the first part of the conversation where you'll learn all about Maddie's beautiful life. And you'll learn that in that March in 2017, just three days after celebrating her birthday, her mother watched her die. In part two, you're going to learn about what Dawn, her mother, is doing to honor her daughter, to educate other women, other parents, so that they don't have to suffer daily like she is doing. She's motivated. She's transformed this pain into purpose. And that's what part two we'll talk about. So grab a pen. You're going to need to take a one or two notes. You're going to understand, educate, and then take action. Here's the conversation with Don. This episode... We've been running a series and we're talking about change agents, disruptors, mindset mavericks. So I'm honored to bring to this audience someone that I consider to be an amazing change agent, someone that we should all know about. You often hear things, you know, when you have a particular specialty or an area of work or an audience, they say things like stay in your lane, don't go off brand. 
But I knew that I had to bring this guest on because it was beyond whatever the brand is, my work for survivors, for survivor rights, my work to work with corporations on internal investigations. I knew that I had to bring to you Don Masabni to talk about the events, talk about her foundation, and something that we should know about a product used every day, millions used by myself, but that we know so little about. So Don, can you introduce yourself? Can you begin by telling the audience who you are? And then can you go into talking about Don? Tell us about your daughter, Madeline, and then we'll we'll go from there. Just start with that. Absolutely, Judy. It's a pleasure meeting you and thank you for having me on this podcast. My name is Dawn Masabni. I am the founder and um, co-founder, actually, my son um, is co-founder as well, to an organization called Don't Shock Me, Maddie Masabni Foundation for Toxic Shock Awareness. Basically, we work with menstrual toxic shock. It wasn't until my daughter got sick and passed away on March 30th, 2017 from menstrual toxic shock, did I know hardly anything about this subject as I do now and want to share it with everyone in order to save lives and educate and create awareness. My daughter, I wish everyone could have met her. She was such an amazing child since the day she arrived here, full of energy, full of life, happy, go lucky, laughing, smiling, always willing to help and do for others. In fact, when she entered a room laughing, everyone would say, oh, Maddie's here. (laughs) Her life was so recognizable. She was just a kid that loved to try new things, very adventurous, with a big, huge, beautiful imagination. Exploring was always at the top of her list. She had many friends, you know, that would hang out and and they would do things together. Uh, We always had little parties, play dates, you know, crafts. What kind of activities did, uh, was Maddie into? She she sounds as if she's you're curious, exciting. Was she into sports or the arts or? Oh my God. She was into everything. There was nothing she wouldn't at least try to see if she liked it. So she played sports. She played lacrosse, soccer, uh, swimming, tennis. Uh, She went horseback riding. Um, She loved the beach. I mean, she was a cheerleader. She was a, she helped with track and keeping stats. I mean, there was everything. She did everything. She modeled. Uh, she was on a front of a cover of uh, Discovery Girls, which was about young girls finding themselves and being true to themselves. In addition to modeling, you know, she did some runway and 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 postcards and everything. She just was so well-rounded and loved it. Everything was like the world was her playground. That's all I can say is that. If it was out there, she wanted to try it. And she did. So Don, tell me about also, did Maddie have any chronic or any health problems, anything before? And we're going we're gonna to get to the days and the hours leading up to March 30th. But did, was she generally a healthy child? She was very healthy, um, physically fit. You know, she would ride her bike, ride, um, run. She was always at the beach you know, cheerleading. She went to college. She joined uh, Tri Sigma. And so what year was she in college? 
She was just going into her second semester freshman year. Second semester freshman year. Don, we were talking off of the recording before. I want to take you to March, three days before your daughter passed. I believe you told me that it was her birthday. So what would that put us at? March 27th? Yeah, March 27th, uh, 1998 was her birthday. Tell us about that day. We had been visiting my son prior for his uh, lacrosse games. He went to University of Tampa and Madeline had spring break. She was studying fashion at Lynn University. She just loved fashion. She was his own fashionista. She really didn't care what anyone said. She just went to her own beat. And uh, we had went to see him for his games and to celebrate their birthdays because my son's March 1st, Malin's is March 27th. So we always do something together and we had a great time. And then we came home and I was taking her out for her birthday. Like we always do. It's a, it's the birthday person gets to pick their restaurant and it's a special time for them. We've been doing that since day one. And uh, so we went out to eat and she just wasn't really eating. She wasn't quite herself. She said she wasn't feeling very good. And when we came home, she got sick to her stomach and I said, you know, Matt, I think you have the stomach bug. I'm so sorry. You know, we're going we're gonna to do this another day so you can actually enjoy your special day and your birthday. And she's like, okay, mom, thanks, you know. And she went to bed. And then the next day she got up and she goes, I think I have a little fever. And I checked and it didn't seem like a fever to me. You know, I just felt with my hand or my head and I really should have taken her temperature. But anyway, she just said she wasn't feeling good and she wanted to drink juice. And I'm like, you know, just drink it slowly. Don't guzzle. So you don't want to get sick to your stomach. And she had been texting her friends that day, not really eating. She did get up and she was like, I'm a little dizzy. And I'm like, please don't get up without me. You haven't really eaten or drank anything. You could get very dizzy and you could fall and you can hit your head. You'll get, you'll get hurt. So, you know, it was, you know, I just hung with her and she was still getting sick. And I said, Mar- Madeline, tomorrow we're going to go to the doctor. It's, it's been a day. And I think we need to go see the doctor, see what's really going on with you. And she's like, okay, mommy. And um, she had asked if she could sleep with me. And, you know, I would never say no. You know, it's great when your kids want to just snuggle and hang out with you. And when they don't feel good, you just want to comfort them. Yeah. And, know, you know, let them know it's, it's going to be okay. And um, I had said no because I had a wedding to go to. And I didn't want to get the stomach bug. And she understood, you know, she was going to go to the wedding, but, you know, she couldn't because she was sick. And, but I, you know, I said, sweet dreams, honey, I love you. I'm here if you need me, you know, just, just come get me. And I heard her phone going off and I tiptoed in there. I didn't want to wake her up. I wanted to rest. So I shut it off. And I thought that was like odd because she's always on that phone. And then the next morning I called her out, you know, uh, she was going to go in, um, with her friends to do something. And I, I canceled and I, you know, I let her sleep in because, you know, sleeping in, you let them heal. And my kids were big sleeping kids, you know, in college anyway. And if they didn't feel good, even more so. So I finally went to wake her up because I was, I was like, you know, it's time to go to the doctor. They're waiting. We got, we got to get there. Let me get her ready. And when I approached her and went to her, she just did not recognize me. And she had this glare that I knew something was so wrong. And I'm like, Madeline, it's mommy. Do you know who I am? You know, Maddie, Maddie. And my heart just, (laughs) I just stood there and I realized. So I went and called for help. And, you know, I sat her up, was trying to get her ready, cleaned up, whatever. And then she just started having a seizure 
And she was looking at me and pointing and she really couldn't get words out. And, um, I just held her and I go, what, what, you know? And, um, I just started crying. Um, I knew, I knew something bad was going on. So Don, that was less than three days, two days now from the birthday dinner, right? Yeah. About 36 hours, maybe. About 36 hours. Don, you get her to the hospital? No. Um, God, excuse me for a second, please. Absolutely. Please. Take as much time as you need. She just, I could tell something was so wrong. And she looked at me, so funny. And then she closed her eyes and I'm like, don't, I'm like, Maddie, don't leave mommy. I love you. I need you. Please don't leave us. You can't leave us. What's wrong? And that was it. She stopped breathing in my arms. And, um, oh my gosh. And, um, by the time they got here, you know, they tried working on her and they you know, brought her back, got her to the hospital. They put on a ventilator and a dialysis machine and, you know, basically told me, you know, she's in grave condition. And I couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me figure out what was wrong with her because she was so healthy. She was, you know, we were just away. She was laughing and having fun and her usual self. and. Um, Maddie's picture is captured. So the the photo that you have of Maddie on the website, the Don't Shock Me Foundation, I want everyone to go to that because when you click on that picture and you see the eyes, you always say the eyes are windows to the soul. And I was captured by her eyes and even the background, you know, I I don't know where that picture is taken. It seems as if it's taken outside. But it also made me, it gave me a sense of just how active she was as a person. So when do you come to learn about what caused this sudden unexpected death? How does that come about? They were examining her and I had told them she had just gotten over her period. And, you know, I had seen, you know, her using tampons for some reason. I don't know why I said this. And that, you know, and then so they did tests and blood work and swabs and everything. And it was um, determined she had menstrual toxic shock syndrome and it had affected her. Her body was shutting down. Her organs were shutting down. Her heart stopped beating and her brain um, had been damaged from the lack of oxygen it was taking away from her. and. The next day, after I get my son to fly home from college, the doctor explains everything to us and we have to say goodbye to her and turn the machines off and let her go. Had you ever heard of that? Have you, had you ever heard of menstrual toxic shock before that? I got to be honest with you, way back I did, but you know, you haven't heard about it, you know, in so long and it never crossed my mind. And I know they don't educate the children in health class in school. And my daughter never mentioned anything. And I really, I, I was caught off guard. And, um, and this was really something very dangerous and life-threatening that it took my daughter without us even knowing about it and being able to do anything, do anything to save her. Something all of us though use, all of us know about, and all of us use so millions of it. 
I'll tell you, Don, when we first were introduced and we were introduced by a friend we have in common who works with um, the lacrosse helmets and player safeties for women lacrosse. So prior to having that conversation and that introduction, I remember I must have been maybe Maddie's year, but I remember being a young child and just starting, not a young child, but, you know, in my teens, early teens, just starting, you know, you know, be able to buy your own, buy your own stuff, be in charge of your own finances off to college. And I'll tell you, I remember opening a box and in the box they had, you know, the whatever little pamphlet. And I remember throwing it in the trash, didn't even read it. I threw it in the trash, but it didn't make it into the trash. So I picked it up and right there, it had something like something shock. And I was like, huh, that's an interesting word. And then throwing it away. And I'll tell you the honest to God's truth. Other than that time, which would have been, and I don't care, I'll tell my age, you know, 25, 30 years ago, I, I'd never heard of it again. Never, not once. And it's not spoken about. It's actually the most unspoken life-threatening disease out there. It has been around for over 40 years and no one has done anything about it. No one has studied it, done research on it, or made laws that would protect women from it. And so women and girls were putting this product into our bodies without any knowledge of its consequences. Yes. Full understanding. And like you said, tell me, so then now that you've had had the worst nightmare of a human, the worst nightmare of any parent, you have done a beautiful honor to your daughter and you have mobilized yourself. Your son has mobilized himself. Tell us what, uh, give us a, a little bit of a window into there is going to be a lifelong grieving. How did you transform that pain and what did you do with it? What did you turn and honor your daughter with? Well, it took a while after her passing. It was devastating. And I, I will be honest, healing was a problem. Um, you know, Madeline uh, is not only my beautiful daughter, but my son's sister, my son's best friend. The three of us were a team. We did everything together, like the three musketeers. You would always see us together supporting each other's sporting events or plays or anything. You'd see us out to dinner, going to each other's schools, back and forth, on the phone, texting, whatever. Total, total closeness beyond you know, love. It was just, you know, we were, it was the three of us, a family. And so it took about two years after that, that my son and I sat down and said, you know, we have to do something to honor her, to make a difference in this world for her from what took her, because this is going to happen again. And had she made it, this is something she would be doing herself and let us do it for her since she can't speak for herself anymore. Let's change. What's your son's name? My son is George. George. So you and George, you have this conversation through the grieving process, which I can imagine is continue to be a process. And you decide that you're going to do something. Talk to us a little bit about how you, some of the first things that you decided to do. Was it just speaking to her friends was it setting up a website? Was it a lot of people do different charity walks or benefits? What are some of the early events or activities that you did to bring awareness to this topic? 
I'm going to be very honest. I, I did speak to a lot of her friends. And when I visited my son, I spoke to, you know, his friends and his lacrosse team. But I went online and did research. That's the, one of the first things I did when I knew I could somewhat handle reading words that I knew I'd be seeing. And I did the research and I learned about it. And I also found out that there is not another foundation that deals specifically with menstrual toxic shock only in this world. And that was it for me. I was like, that's enough. I do not want another family grieving and having a tragedy like ours. And I don't want another mother crying like me every day. And I most certainly do not want another woman to pass away from something that is completely preventable with education preventable yes and even and even just knowing it i mean you can't prevent getting toxic shock if you use tampons let me make that clear you cannot prevent it but you can prevent horrific outcomes you can prevent organ damage you can prevent limb uh limbs being lost you can prevent death tell me tell me a little bit go back for a minute don tell me so you started to do the research so you did what an intelligent person would do you sit down and you start to do, tell me a little bit about what you discovered as far as the research, some of the symptoms, what you understand from your position to be the symptoms and the cause and about the product. What did your research show? Well, the first thing I want to tell you um, that I found out that I think is very critical is that when I mentioned this and that she passed away from this, that no one had any idea what it was. No one had any idea what it was, how you get it. The topic never discussed with them. So that's when um, I knew uh, we had a battle in front of us, but we needed to create her foundation as we did. And that's what we did. And menstrual toxic shock comes from using a tampon. And to be misled by the manufacturers, it's not about leaving it in eight hours or longer. You can get it within two hours. People have died with having it in only a couple hours, you know, that's, that's, you know what, say that again, that's profound because when you think about that as a user, user of the product, you think, oh, I have to, you know, I, I shouldn't leave this in or, or use the, uh, sometimes you hear, use the smallest size instead of a super, you know, use a regular. So your research found that it, the length of period is not necessarily the main contribution or factor. Yes. The point it's, it could be anything, any, any amount. Okay. Duration. Got it. Yeah. So, but you know, I will also stress very strongly that don't forget, this is a foreign object in your body and you should never leave it in long. And you most certainly should absolutely never, ever sleep with it. Okay. I can't stress that enough. That is very important to know. But I was very angry at, at the lack of education and how things were hidden from the manufacturers in telling women any risks associated with tampon use, any dangers, or you know, putting all the blame on the consumer saying, you know, you can use for up to eight hours and oh, she must've left it in longer than eight hours. That's how she got it. And that is not the truth. Not the truth. And that's when I started pushing forward with the foundation saying, you know, women are misled. There's no policy on this. No one is educating them. There's no one standing up for them and lives are going to be lost. 
There's been more illnesses. I get contacted all the time. Hundreds of victims contact me. Their parents contact me. One contacted me from the hospital. My daughter's in the hospital with menstrual toxic shock. What do I need to ask? Help me. Wow. So there's no information out there. Your foundation. Very little. And, And here's the thing. What's going to make them look it up to learn about it? Exactly. That's a great point. That's something, yes, we have to take care of. So educating them so they want to learn about it will help them look up more things and learn more and be able to self-advocate for themselves, number one, and know when the dangers are present and to get medical help immediately. And I do mean immediately. There's two areas that we have to touch on. One, I want us to touch on the issue of shame around toxic shock around menstruation. But before we get to that, you mentioned before about the manufacturers misleading. Did you yourself have any personal contact with any of the manufacturers involved or who you believe may have been involved in your daughter's illness? I will say I know which tampon she used and I did file a Freedom Information Act to put in warning about this brand and this tampon. And I didn't hear anything back for quite a while. And then I was out of nowhere. And I, I want to say this shocked me uh, emotionally where I had, you know, uh, had to sit down. I was feeling like having a breakdown. There was an email in my box from the company, just an email saying they're sorry. And what were her symptoms? And I just could not believe the callousness and coldness, how they approached me. So let's go to then two things that I want to talk about. So I want to talk about the shame, but right before we get to the whole, this whole idea, this concept of notion around shame, and we're going to expand it. I want us, Don, to not only talk about shame that relates to toxic shock, but menstruation about the natural flow. When I say flow, I use that dual meaning, but just the natural rhythm and workings of the female body. But also you told a very, we talked before and you told me a very interesting story that I wanted you to tell our listeners. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, one of Maddie's friends or another young girl, another teenager had learned about what happened. And it was because of the awareness you're bringing, she was able to talk about it and wasn't a friend able to diagnose herself or something. Does that sound familiar? I gave a um, a speaking engagement. Yes, that was it. Yeah. And, you know, moms and everybody are out there. And the mom told her daughter all about it. She was concerned. And the daughter listened. And when she was back at school, her friend wasn't feeling good. And the daughter, it clicked. And that's what we needed to do, click. And she's like, we have to take you to the doctor right now. And so she took her over to the hospital. And the girl had toxic shock. And the doctor told the girl, you are so lucky you got here just in time. You know, it was starting to spread through her body because it goes through the blood and the blood goes through your body very quickly. I can't even begin to tell how many times an hour or a minute even, but she was saved by just someone learning about it. And if you learn about it and you could share, you know, the information I'm going to give you in a minute, you know, what it is and, and the signs and symptoms, if you can share that with someone, you're indirectly saving someone you'll never know somewhere out there. and. When you told me that story, Don, that's, it was at that moment that I said, Don is coming on to the podcast because I don't, whoever could hear this, 
Yes. She saved many numerous lives. You know, I get, I get beautiful messages with little butterflies saying Maddie saved another life and I cry, but then I look up and I go, you're doing your work. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you're saving lives just like we, we, we knew. Before we get into shame, um, I really like to just touch upon what menstrual toxic shock really is. Please, please, yes. And, and it's signs and symptoms. Please do that. Because that is so important for everyone to know. You know, it's it's basically, it's a bacteria that we all have in our bodies, okay? Well, interacting with a tampon, which is the rayon that is so absorbent, and it is a synthetic material made from wood pulp, ground, you know, wood pulp and everything. So it's really, if you think about that, it, you know, sits and gathers and the bacteria, uh, Staph aureus bacteria can produce a toxin with the tampon called MTSST. It's a menstrual toxic shock and it's the toxin itself. And what happens, it invades your blood through the most porous part of your body where you're putting it. And you may have a microscopic tear. You'll never know just from inserting it, you know, from the applicator or anything or taking one out and putting another one in. So it has access to getting into your body. And through those abrasions, it can contaminate the bloodstream and quickly begin to shut down all your organs. It's the toxins from that bacteria once they're released into your bloodstream. It overstimulates your immune system where it cannot defend or protect the body because it doesn't know what's going on. It's never seen it before. And then, you know, if you do not seek medical help immediately, you have a very, a 50% chance of, of passing. So you need to get medical help immediately. Time is not on your side. It's against you. So get immediate help immediately. And it's even, you have even a worse rate if you don't even know to look for it. Because that seems to be the problem. You have no idea. You think that you have some type of, you know, stomach ache. Logically, who would think this? Who would know this? Yeah, gastritis, the flu, stomach bug. Exactly. It is misdiagnosed with doctors and at hospitals 90% of the time for that, where patients are sent home saying, you know, come back if you don't feel better. Well, they're coming back, going to the ICU. Right. Almost dying. And you know, being put on a ventilator, dialysis, all these medicines being pumped in, inhibitors to get their blood pressure up, their heart rate under control, to get the contaminants out of body, their body being flushed, which is painful. They're being put into an induced coma. If they're not already in a coma, if they're not already, their body is not almost completely shut down from shock, like Malin's was. So you need to really pay attention. If you're using a tampon or recently used a tampon and you come up with any any of the symptoms, which I'm going to explain to you after using or recently used, it may not be the stomach bug. Put two and two together. I just used a tampon or I'm using one. And all of a sudden, all these things are happening to me where I felt fine right before. Maybe this is toxic shock. I need to seek medical help immediately. Don't be pushed away from the hospital, the doctor, put your foot down, say, no, you need to check this. This could be very important. This is what's going on with me. You know, this, I've used a tampon or I'm using a tampon. Please help me. So some of the signs and symptoms really mimic other illnesses from the beginning. Like I said, gastritis, the flu, stomach bug, and that's like a headache, muscle ache, sore throat, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, you're weak, 
you have a slight fever, um, although it does significantly go higher when you have menstrual toxic shock, the sicker you get. It's, it's very dangerous. You will get uh, lightheaded, dizzy, you feel faint upon standing. And, you know, all this is happening while your body's shutting down. And as it's getting more critical and critical, you're having confusion, disorientation, um, an increased heart rate, low blood pressure, seizures, you know, and your body is shutting down. These are things you need to be aware of. And you don't have to have all of them to have menstrual toxic shock. And, you know, there's something like a red sunburn-like rash that covers your body if you have it. You don't even have to have that. Not all women have had that sunbite like rash and it be indicative of having menstrual toxic shock. That's not the case. So don't rely on those things. Rely on your own self and the correlation between the tampon, the time you're using it, and these symptoms. It's extremely important and it will save your life. Hello again. It's Judy. I'm going to end the interview with Dawn right here, but the story is far from over. Please be sure to come back next week where Don and I will continue the discussion about how she's honoring her daughter and the Don't Shock Me Foundation. It's an important discussion and I hope to see you back. Thank you again for your time. Until next week, be well. information and content in this podcast is provided for entertainment purposes only nothing in this podcast shall constitute legal advice and shall not create an attorney-client relationship this information is general and may not be applicable to your particular circumstances you should review your particular circumstances with an attorney all liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast is hereby expressly disclaimed